You know, for many, many years we've been coming on and teaching about all the feasts. And every year, uh, God just opens up new revelations because he wants to encounter you. He wants to pull you in close and uh, just blow you away. And uh, Passover has got to be probably the favorite feast of almost everybody because it's just, it takes you to the cross. And, you know, when you talk about Jesus and what he's done for us, when you open up that revelation so that you can encounter him in a way you've never done before it changes mm-hmm. your life right so uh, to answer the question why should we eat passover for most of you we're, we're gentile christians and so you're thinking ah, I, don't, I don't get it so uh, part of this point of this morning is to answer that question so let's jump into luke uh, when the hour came jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them i have eagerly desired or longed to eat this passover mm-hmm. with you before right. i suffer for i tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I'll just put a sideline to that. The kingdom of God is within you, right? That's right. So it's it's come upon you. So it's up to you if you continue uh, allowing him to long or you spend time with him. Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread when he had given thanks. He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. That's 1 Corinthians 11. So Jesus longs to eat this meal with you to help you remember him and what he did for us. What he did from the beginning of time to the cross to what he will do in eternity. I tell you what, the more time you spend on this subject, the more you'll understand the answer to the question. It's three celebrations in one. The Feast of Unleavened Bread begins tomorrow, seven days with no yeast. It's a fast. (laughs) A lot of you do fasting. Uh, It represents your walk with Jesus day to day with no sin or pride in your life. It's a one-week reminder. Okay, this this is how it works. And of course, Passover is when you taste and see that he is good. Every food points to him and the cross mm-hmm. and learning to find your delight in him. And then last of all, the feast of first fruits. It's the resurrection of Jesus and all the saints that were in Hades and you. It's your birthday. It's an exciting time. It's, I just can't think of anything that I enjoy more. But uh, let's just jump in. So, you know, of course, we've talked before about anti-Semitism and kind of shut things down from the early days of Christianity that they weren't allowed to worship any any of the, with any of the Jewish calendar, but I think part of the problem is actually the word Passover. In Exodus 12, in English translation, on that same night I will pass through Egypt, strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I'll bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be assigned for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. All right, so the Hebrew root word there for Passover is Pesach. We have to do it real on the chak, but it's a Pesach, right? It's usually translated as I will pass over. Have compassion or protect. That's basic. William Tyndale actually invented the word Passover for his first English translation. Now, no one could ever say William Tyndale wasn't a mighty, amazing translator <laughs> and man of God. But it's uh, that particular word just a little inadequate because it focuses on just one aspect of the event, the judgment of Egypt. Right. But if you go back to the the Hebrew word Pesach, you've got three letters there, a P, an S, and the CH sound letter. So the P means word. All right. So that little letter there is the spoken word of God. So think about this. Jesus is the word made flesh. 
So the word Pesach starts with Jesus. The Semek, the S, means to lean upon or hold or support. So the root of that word, back in the day when the priest would cross his hands like an X to lay hands on the uh, head of a sacrificial animal to transfer sin to it, that's what that is. The ancient letter, and before there was an S in the language, Hebrew language, there was an X for Semek. And that's where it came from. It meant, it meant anointing. So if you studied Greek or were in a sorority when you were in college, uh, the Greek X is the chi, all right, which is the, the symbol for uh, Christos or Christ. Simply means anointed one. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, eta, 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 You were thrown out of some fine sororities. I was. <laughs> so you have Christ in the P, Christ in the second letter. The third letter in, in place like is C, the CH, the, the Hebrew number and letter, it, it means change, essentially. And the picture of it is a wall or a boundary. So what kind of walls were were part of that first Passover? There's a door covered in blood became a wall the destroyer could not enter. The Red Sea became a wall to hold back the water to let them through. God became a wall of fire to protect them from the Egyptian army. And beyond Egypt, what does Pesach mean? So it's the spoken word of God by the Christ bringing change to a wall or boundary. So in Egypt... God's anointed mouthpiece was Moses. He spoke, God brought plagues, change. But we know Passover was always pointing to Jesus as the lamb. So since Jesus was the word of God and the Christ and the Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world, then something he said is the real essence of Pesach. All right? What is his last word? It is finished. It's uh, tetelestal, tetelestai. When he said that word, it is finished, the curtain, the door, the wall was forever removed between God and man. So Pesach isn't about the angel of death in Egypt, but about the Son of God destroying sin and death for humanity. So the word Passover is about Egypt, but Pesach, the Hebrew, is actually about the kingdom of God. So that's what we're going to talk about today.